please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. 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 Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please 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 stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. 
All right, good morning. We are on day three of John chapter 11, the raising of Lazarus. Raising of Lazarus. Kind of came out with a lisp there. And we're going to look at, uh, start with verses 11 to 16. Uh, Miss Betty ended with verse 10. And then I'm going to try to, to move on into where Jesus gets to Bethany and starts talking with Martha and Mary and uh, see if we can get the flow of this uh, passage. But in verse 11, uh, I'm going to read 11 through 16 of John chapter 11. And then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. And then we'll uh, move on to the next, next part. So, these things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps. Okay? But I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Alright? So, Jesus makes a statement about the situation. And then he makes a statement about uh, his intent to address the situation. Then said his disciples, okay, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. In other words, sleep is good when you're sick. Howbeit Jesus spoke, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, if he's sleeping, then he's going to get better. So that's good, right, Jesus? Yes, anyway. So, Jesus, howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, okay? So. We get some information from John, the, the Apostle John is the narrator saying, okay, that the disciples, and John was one of them, by the way, the disciples did not have any idea what Jesus was talking about. Howbeit, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I just love how John included that. It, it encourages me so much because sometimes I think I understand what God is telling me <clears throat> and then He has to come and bludgeon me over the head and say, you didn't get it the first time. Let me try again. Right? <laughs> and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there and I love this, to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go into Him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. <laughs> you know, that's just a very encouraging verse right there, right? <laughs> okay, so let's take a look. Jesus is looking at this situation that we've talked about uh, already, and we're, we're already, we already have the setup. A good friend of his, Lazarus, Lazarus is... Uh, Many miles away in Bethany, and, and a messenger comes telling him that he's, that he's dying. He's on his deathbed. And Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, really knows that he's already dead, uh, but he waits two days by the prompting of the Holy Spirit before he goes. Um, and then, as Miss Betty uh, taught us yesterday, um, most likely that was because uh, after the fourth day, your nephesh or your spirit was said. Well, it's said to hover over the body. That was sort of like the, the, you know, sort of a Jewish mystic idea. It would hover over the body for the first few days. But by the fourth day, as the body's decomposing, it stinks so bad the spirit just leaves, goes away. Okay? And, uh, and so, you know, for the first two or three days, you're just dead. And then by the fourth day, you're like dead, dead. And so the raising of the son, uh, the widow of Nain, and then uh, the resurrection of, of Jairus' daughter was different because those most likely would have been within the first three days. 
But Lazarus, you know, is by the fourth day, he's dead, dead. And so this is a different sort of resurrection. Um, and that's just uh, a few comments there. I won't get hung up. But see, Jesus speaks into the situation prophetically saying, Lazarus sleeps. So Jesus refers to Lazarus dying as sleeping. And, and so I prayed about that. I said, okay, Lord, what's going on here? And I, I really believe that Jesus is speaking prophetically into a situation to say that, that uh, to address death in the eyes of God is basically like waking somebody up. It's that easy for God. See, and, and so that, that brings us into a concept where when you're wanting to speak prophetically into things, it's very difficult because our minds limit us in our understanding of our world. And so Jesus is speaking truth instead of fact. Okay? And that's part of sort of prophetic ministry, the way I see it at least, and the way that I'm starting to formulate my, my understanding of it, is that our minds will sort of accumulate facts. You know, based on our empirical world, right? How we understand it. And we make decisions based on facts. Like, we want good information because if we don't have good information, we can't make good decisions. If I make a good, if I make a decision based off of bad information, I made the wrong decision. Alright? So, that's why you have to clean your bank account and make sure you know what's actually there. You young kids. Right? You have to know how much is how much is my rent? How much is the power bill a month? How much is my phone bill? How much are all my fixed expenses? And then how much money do I expect to make every month? And then what's left over for me to eat on? And most of the time you realize you gotta eat macaroni and cheese for a while. And that's just life. You know? So we make decisions based on facts. But when you're talking about prophetic ministry, you make you speak things that might not be factual but are true. And that's a different mode of, of approaching a situation when you're talking about ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit because truth comes from God. See, Jesus is the truth and all truth comes from Him. And so when you're talking about ministry in our world that is that we are so uh, dedicated to being factual, right? And we want to, we, what we yeah, what we see and and how we understand our world and and we want we want to base everything off of facts. Well, that might not be truth because see the truth is that Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to raise, so he began to speak into that situation. And he already spoke once, saying this is not unto death, and then he began to speak. Well, he is sleeping. By all means, in my heart and my mind. He's really just asleep because I know he's going to wake up. And so, uh, obviously, the disciples aren't there with Jesus yet. Uh, you know, Jesus is the only one that the Spirit was released without measure. That's John three twenty four, I believe, if I'm not wrong. But Jesus is the only one who received the Spirit without measure, meaning he was he, 100% accurate. He could hear from the Holy Spirit perfectly every time. Because he was without sin. Now, all of us, we don't have that luxury. We have all these limitations and weaknesses. 
Okay, but our measure can increase to the extent that we're confessing and on our knees before God. And so we might get it wrong sometimes, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. So, as we, as the disciples are in this mode of not understanding, so we are many times as well. But Jesus keeps them close, and as we see, He's keeping them close because even though they're going to get it wrong, their, their hearts are really mostly in the right place. Okay, so, so then Jesus gives them some facts to weigh their mind understand it and says, okay, you know, he's dead, guys. That's really what I'm saying. But I'm trying to speak into this situation in a different way because I don't want this concept you formed about death to guide my ministry. In other words, when we meet people in ministry and in life, they have formed a concept of their situation, of where they are, of what has happened to them in family, and that's what it is. It's set in their minds. Okay, but Jesus is trying to introduce to them a, a, an understanding that death is not as final as they think it is. And so that's the first thing He's trying to do is bring into the situation a new concept that what's going on in your life is not as concrete as you have formulated in your mind. Now that, that could be like uh, hitting a rock with a hammer sometimes. You know? Because people can be really set in their understanding of life and what's happened to them and what it, what it might take for them to overcome. And they'll be very concrete in their idea that certain situations are just, are just not fixable. I'm just going to have to live with this. This is just how my family is. You know, this is just uh, what happened to me and so I'm going to be, you know, no good or I'm going to be handicapped for the rest of my life or whatever it is, and then it takes really, you know, a hammer to start to overcome that. But don't be, don't be discouraged by that. You know, because, because Jesus says here that all this is happening to the intent that you may believe. In other words, this is all for the purpose to try to get you from where you are to where I'm trying to get you to be. And so Jesus is investing in them right now. And He's trying to tell them that experiencing something that is supernatural, experiencing prophetic ministry, will develop faith. What is it Pastor Rick said? That uh, the, the vocal, vocalizing by faith is the legs of prophetic ministry? Something like that. I don't know if that was exactly right. I don't think I could say it quite like he did. But that's what Jesus is doing. He's trying to get them to get involved with this and be a part of it so that it's a school for them. Yeah, it's a school for them. I mean, he wants them close. And then he says that he intentionally waited. And the reason he waited was for their benefit. And you go, wow, that... That's just mind-blowing, right? Pastor Rick, are you wanting the microphone there? Yeah. Kaylee, will you hand him that microphone? Because Pastor Rick wants to make a comment here, and we need to hear it. Well, what I said was the, 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 the process of development of the prophetic in your life is vocal, which leads to faith. Okay. There you go. Wait for the book. It's going to come one day. Um, 
And, uh, and so Jesus says, I'm trying to teach you guys how to do this. I already said vocally, this is for the glory of God. The sickness will not be unto death, but for the glory of God. Now I'm saying, I'm speaking into it, he's just asleep. In, in terms of, of, of prophetic ministry, he's asleep, and I'm just going to go wake him up. He's trying to speak vocally into it and involve the disciples so that their faith can be built up. So, what? last comment here, and then anybody else can say something, and then I'm going to move on so we don't get stuck. But uh, are you involved or surrounding yourself in some way with people who are trying to speak life and prophetically into situations that seem impossible? Okay? If, if you are surrounded constantly by people who look at life and just say, that's the way it is, and give in to it, okay, then you're, in a, you're not putting yourself in a position where your faith can grow. Now, all of us have, have uh, thank God not here, but you know, co-workers or family members or friends or church members uh, or you know, uh, people who are uh, in your, you know, parents who are with your kids' sports programs or you know, whatever it is, are surrounding the life by people who have no faith. And, and you have to have a radar on to say, that, that person has no faith. They have, they have no concept that life can be affected by the power of the Holy Spirit. That a situation could be totally transformed when God gets involved. And so I've got to be careful that when that person is speaking, I have discernment, not to put them down, but you have to have discernment that, that wait a second now, I can't just take what this person says and swallow it because this person is not coming from a position of faith. Not to say I've got it all together and I'm perfect, but and then find a way to surround yourself or be involved with people who want that. Who are looking for that. Who are who are trying. I mean, you know, I've said many times we're not perfect, but man, if we're just trying. And so Thomas says, well, look, I don't know what's going on, but let's tag along and we're probably going to die. <laughs> but let's let's just go because I mean, we you know, we're uh and in the end they run away, you know, this idea of we're going to go die with him. He can't, you know, follow it through in the end. And that's okay and eventually he does. Cuz the Holy Spirit comes and just empowers him and so that's years later, but but uh good old Thomas says, "Let's just go and let's be a part of this." So so they make a choice to be involved in this process. And it pays off in the end. Please, Miss Betty. Where does it say life and death are in the power of the tongue? Yeah. And if you're always around people that are oh, speaking that's good. death. Yes. Oh, that's Great. not possible. Oh, no, we can't do that. Hallelujah. That's death. That's wonderful. That's death. But life and death. So awesome verse. with people who will speak forth. That's right on. Faith. That's right on. Perfect verse to bring up. Thank you. Hallelujah. So, okay. Then when Jesus came, we're in verse 17, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. So we already talked about the significance of the four days. Now Bethany was near unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, about two miles from Jerusalem. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. So, uh, But Mary sat still in the house. So possibly because of all of the unrest about Jesus in Jerusalem. 
uh, Jesus maybe stayed a little ways off even from Bethany and then sent a messenger to tell Martha that Jesus was here or somebody went ahead of Jesus. And so, so Martha comes running to find Jesus. Mary stays in the house probably because there's people there. And so Martha's the one that goes to meet Jesus. And then Martha, as soon as... Wait, I read that. Yeah, so Martha goes, Mary stays, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. Now, that is a powerful statement because Martha understands the power of the presence of Jesus. If the presence of Jesus is not in the room, then it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Death reigns. Right? Morbidity, depression. The presence of Jesus removes all of that. Brings life into totally dead situations. And Martha knows that the presence of Jesus is powerful. And she desperately wanted the presence of Jesus there. That's why she sent the messenger. The death of Lazarus in the in the resurrection of Lazarus is one of the most uh, uh, powerful uh, historically uh, event that caused the the crucifixion of Jesus. Exactly. It's That's really a, amazing what happened yes. when when Lazarus was resurrected. So. Uh, Yes. So uh, the Lord is just, you know, waiting, laid in the grave four days already. He is. He knew that this, this family, is going to experience something supernatural that was Amen. rock the whole Sanhedrin, and he did. And it did. Yes, it did. This is. That's a perfect segue into one of the things I wanted to discuss, Pastor Rick, and that's that this is. What's traditionally known of the last of the seven miracles or signs of the book of signs of John. And this is just, you know, it might not change your life, but if you're reading the book of John, traditionally it's divided into two main sections. The book of signs or the book of miracles, which uh, goes up to the raising of Lazarus. So you have seven signs, changing the water into wine, healing the royal official's son in Capernaum, healing the paralytic at Bethesda, feeding the 5,000, Jesus walking on water, healing the man blind from birth, and raising of Lazarus. Seven, seven signs. And then beginning in verse 12, is, or chapter 12, moves to the book of glory, because this last sign, the raising of Lazarus, was the thing that just pushed it over the edge for the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, and they said, we can't take it anymore. And so then it moves to the book of glory where Jesus is going to be crucified and resurrected. And so this was just too much for them. They knew if they didn't do something, then all of the masses would flock to Jesus and they would just lose everybody. All, the whole structure, the, everything they had going on with Rome, their jobs were in jeopardy, their power, everything was just going to disintegrate if they let this man continue. Because now... He's raising people that have been dead four days. And they, they, they just couldn't take it anymore. Now, as Jesus meets with Martha, she knows that the presence of Jesus is powerful. And she says, But I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it you. 
The terminology used by Martha shows it was still unclear to her exactly who Jesus was. And it's cool because it's a short conversation. Very short. Just a couple back and forth. But Martha moves from this statement to uh, verse 27. So let's look and see what happens with Martha in just a couple bang-bang verses. So Jesus says, Your brother shall rise again. So once again, he's making a truth statement. Okay, It's not fact yet. You know, he's still in the grave as of now, but he makes a truth statement. And so Martha said unto him, in her own understanding of resurrection, right, she responds to Jesus in terms of how she understands resurrection or she understands the situation. And so you see Jesus here again encountering, by the way, Martha and Mary were disciples of Jesus. And that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful idea. That's a whole different thing. But, uh, you know, honestly, women can be pastors. So Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she has a response that is based on her, under, her understanding. How does she perceive the situation? Okay? So Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. So that's another one of the... I am statements, the traditional seven, one of the seven traditional I am statements um, of uh, the book of John. I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, the resurrection and is not something that the power of resurrection is not something that ex, is experienced at a later time. It's experienced whenever my presence is here, because. All resurrection and all life is found in the person of Jesus. So those church services that try to create an emotional response, okay, but leave no room for the presence of Jesus to enter the room and enter and bring conviction to the hearts and minds of the people there, those services are loser services. Nothing will happen except you'll walk away saying, wow, I really felt good. And then you go eat a steak at Rafferty's and watch football, and then you go to work on Monday morning, and you, you have a memory that you felt good for an hour. But it's an emotional response, and that's not what we are looking for in our Christian walk. We want the presence of Jesus to bring resurrection and life into dead situations. That is what we were looking for. Go ahead, Kathy. Grab that microphone. So, John, like something you're saying, when we're in church and we're singing and talking about, you know, we want resurrection power, that's not something that you get. No. It's, it's the presence of Jesus. It's found in the presence of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. If the Holy Spirit's in the room, if Jesus is in the room, then things begin to happen. Amen. Things begin to change. Amen. If Jesus is not in the room, if, if, if we... Cho- if we if the worship planning team, I grew up, I, I grew up in a, a Methodist church, and they had a worship planning team, okay. And they would talk about how to plan worship experiences. I'm serious. That was the terminology that was used in the church I grew up in. How do we plan a worship experience? 
And sure, you can have an experience. I mean, uh, it is an experience, but, you know, uh, what kind of experience you want? You know, do you want to be entertained with, with somebody who's a great vocalist? I'd rather have somebody miss all the notes and fall on my face before Jesus. Amen. Honestly. A little sidetrack. So how do we access it? He who believes in me. It's by faith. It is by faith. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Um, one of the things I really love like about this passage is like you see Martha has like definitely has faith in Jesus, right? Yeah. But like as like he shows up, she doesn't really understand she understands that he has power, but not how powerful he is. Like that he's yeah. all powerful. That's so yeah. like, as Jesus shows up, she's like, you know, you, if you had been here before, like you could have handled yeah. it. But now that you're here now, it's like death is a little bit more powerful than you, right? And then yeah. Jesus has to really challenge yep. her and say, I am something that you really don't understand. Yes. Yeah, like, that's exactly I am it. Even more powerful than time. Yep. Then death, I am outside of all these things. And so I, that's one of my favorite parts about this is that yeah. next verse there. I'm sure you're going to read it. Hey, so, yeah, that, that was my note. That's, that's exactly it. A proper understanding of Jesus makes all the difference. Yeah. She understood who he was. She understood he had power, that the presence of Jesus was powerful, but she didn't quite understand. And so the idea of Lazarus dying, but Jesus healed him, is different to her than Lazarus now being dead for four days. So she's about to be challenged in her understanding of Jesus. So, so Jesus says, He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he challenges her, Do you believe this? In other words, Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection? In other words, that if I am present, then my then resurrection is already here. It's not something that happens at a later time. Now, there is a resurrection that is to come, and Jesus talks about that. But resurrection and life is found in the presence of Jesus anytime Jesus is present. So there is a physical resurrection that will happen later, but Jesus is saying, if you believe in Me, and My presence is there, you will experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and the life-giving power of Jesus Christ. So whatever is dead in your life, believe that Jesus can bring life into it. Whatever in your mind brings heaviness and darkness of fear, say, no, Jesus, I believe that You are the resurrection and Your presence lives in me. And so this darkness in my mind, these, these emotions that hang over me, this illness in my body, this... Uh, this uh, strife in my family does not have to remain because your presence lives in me. And I invite your presence to come and bring your life. And so Martha, she grows in her understanding of Jesus and says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, proclaiming His deity, which should come into the world. In other words, I just grew up a little bit, Jesus. I believe. I believe. Do you believe this morning? By the way, Jesus said it's just a mustard seed. It's not faith in your faith. It's just whatever faith you got in Jesus. And He'll take it and run from there, man. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God that was coming to the world? Do you believe that He's the Christ 
Do you believe that He died on the cross and rose again? And that the Holy Spirit of God was sent and now fills you to lead you into a prophetic life that speaks things, speaks truth into situations that seem hopeless. Don't always look at the facts and how you sort of understand a situation in terms of, of worldly facts. What is the truth that God is speaking? What is Jesus saying? And begin to speak that. Vocalize it and see what the Lord does. We'll see you tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m. for Pastor Rick. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.lighterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.lighterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.lighterain.com.